Back then, you know, I wasn't even acting out. I was just more like just showing this, this the real Dennis Rodman, the life of Dennis Rodman, stuff like that. And people started to gravitate that around the world. I mean, live it around the world. And now today, that's what we talked about. What is the big things you want to do in your life? I, I've done it. I've created an image in the, in the sports world that people are praising. Hey everyone, welcome back to On Purpose, the number one health podcast in the world. Thanks to each and every single one of you that come back every week to listen, to learn, and to grow. And you know that this is my promise to you, that we try and find and bring you guests that can help expand our minds, things differently, and bring new ideas into our minds and lives so that we can live differently, think differently, be bold, be creative, and be courageous. And today's guest you already know is none other than Dennis Rodman, one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Dennis Rodman played for the Detroit Pistons, the San Antonio Spurs, the Chicago Bulls, the LA Lakers, and Dallas Mavericks. Sports Illustrated once called Rodman a sort of basketball genius, and you know how much I love that word, and helped lead his teams to five NBA championships. Now, not only is he one of the greatest players, but a New York Times bestselling author as his career went on, However, Rodman drew more attention for his personality off court, which I can't wait to dive into. Now you can see more, and I just saw this last week. It's phenomenal. His fascinating life on ESPN's Emmy award-winning 30 for 30 series titled Rodman, for better or for worse. I'm grateful to be sitting in front of an icon. Dennis, thank you for doing this. Everything's good, man. You know, it's a beautiful day today. Yeah, it's an absolutely beautiful day today. Uplifting this, you know, spirits today, you know, not too much sadness right now. So um, <clears throat> it's clear in our heads, trying to, you know, get over the uh, some of the negativity that's going on around the world. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yep. Absolutely. And yeah. that negativity around the world, I mean, I know for a lot of people, obviously, we were just, you know, seeing as you started there, we can talk back, look back a few days ago, mm. you know, a few months ago, we were fortunate enough to have Kobe Bryant on the podcast and we spoke to him and and obviously we find this news out a few days ago. I mean, you actually played with him. Oh yeah, I played with him, played against him. Mm. Sad, right? I mean, sad. I mean, <clears throat> I was telling him about it when it first happened, you know, this guy over here showed me something on TMZ. I said, this has got to be a joke because it's TMZ. You know, you know most people laugh at TMZ bullcrap, bull right? But uh, he showed it to him. I said, wait, I mean, this ain't happening, right? And, um, uh, but it got around really, really quick. It was, it was just really, really, it was one of those powerful moments where you just like, wait a minute, this shouldn't happen like this, you know, because over the last 20 years, especially the last 10 years, we lost so many people, man. Mm -hmm. We lost so many people. So true. And this wasn't a self uh, uh, affliction. It was, it was more like, it was like, it's more like a damn thing. <laughs> You know, it's not even a wise damn. Absolutely. Really, of all people. Exactly. So that's how I looked at it. Yeah. Mm. So unexpected, right. man. Unexpected. Like, and I've never seen, which was which was beautiful, I've never seen the whole world right. respond and stand up in that way. I think the last right. time I experienced that was like Michael Jackson, maybe. It was like, it's been a long time till where you see like, not just athletes, but everyone in the world, like sharing their prayers, their love. It was, it was, it was, it was actually striking. The last time I seen something like this, that was amazing. I think it was last year. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Last year, last year. When I say, when I, when I said, um, 
I saw Jesus walk down a golf course. And people didn't realize what I was saying. I said, do you see Jesus walk down there? Because I saw fucking Tiger Woods come back and win the damn master and had everybody gravitated to him. And McElroy gave him that, that privilege to say, man, go ahead. This is your turn now. Oh, wow. That's the last time I seen something like that. You were there. I, I was just I saw it on TV. Oh, you saw it on TV. You know, and then if you really want to take it really back, it was a tragedy and maybe somewhat unfortunate incident, the OJ thing. Mm-hmm. That's the only two things I can really think of. That's really, that was really striking the last 10 years. Interesting. So, yeah, for mine, I think it's a bit longer. Michael Jackson and Princess Diana. Right. Those are probably the two in my lifetime that mm. I've definitely witnessed in that way. But thank you for sharing that as well. And I mean, where I want to start is, and I want to hear it from your own words, because I think when anyone is as in the public eye as you are and the people that we see and the people that we perceive, everyone has their version of who they think that person is. But what I'm interested in is who is Dennis Rodman in the current version of how you see yourself? Who is Dennis Rodman? I think I just led him with some cool stuff right there. <laughs> with, um, you know, OJ, you know, you said Michael Jackson, now Kobe. And I was trying to put that in perspective for me. Who is Dennis Rodman? Let's see. If it would have been me that, that died, I would have had a whole different effect in the world. People would have celebrated. There would be no emotion. It'd be, oh, this is what he wants. Stuff like that. But for Kobe and stuff like that, my level of, of uh, power and, and uh, control about things on this planet is different. You know, people expect me to do certain things. They don't expect me to do the Kobe thing. They expect me to do the cool stuff and have break, breaking news around the world. Okay, great. Then it's going to do this for us. Then it's going to do this for us. Then it's going to do this for us. And the thing about it, I'm not even trying to do this. I'm just fortunate enough to be able to put my foot in the door and say, okay, you know what? Let me try this, see how this is going to work. And uh, for me, it's not about the money, the praise and the accolation. I give a damn. If it happens, it happens. I think people look at me and more like, wow, he's still living. You know, he's still living. How? We don't know. But for me, I know, I understand that I can persevere in certain, certain tragedies, certain, um, certain madness. And people look at me such a, a creative and a weird light, you know. And it's very difficult to explain who I really am, who I really am, you know. In the beginning, I was such more like a diverse individual, but now it's, it's more like people expect me to, to do something great, to do something really big. And um, if I did something that's going to be really normal, uh, he just looking for, you know, some attention. But do something really big, that's different. And that's where I'm at in my love of my life right now. They want to see me do something really big again. Mm. You know, not because they saved my life or helped my life. It's more like, wow, it's unexpected for that guy to do it. Mm. Not the Kobe's, not the Michael Jordan, not the Tiger Woods, but me of all people. You know, so I think that's, that gives you a good light about me, right? Yeah, absolutely. And what does big mean to you? Like for you, when you think of doing something big for the world now and you feel like that's what's expected, but what does that mean to you? I don't need to really. 
prove myself anymore. Mm. You know, I expect to be this human being that's that's fortunate enough to be in this situation. Mm. You know, if it was more like a, you know, when it's when it's a hard task for anyone to try to do anything that's really creative, because life today life today is really moving fast, and it's so it's so dangerous to live life today. It's so dangerous because now we expect people to die quickly. Back then, the Elvises, the, the the guys in the '60s, stuff like that. We had a trend back there, 15, 20 years ago, twenty five years ago, that the number twenty seven is kind of weird. Do anybody know about this? The number twenty seven. Every every entertainer was dying at twenty seven years oh, old. Wow. At twenty seven, wow. and wow. nobody knows this. And it's like, wow, oh, I didn't really? know that. Yeah, I didn't. You know, know Amy Ryan Reinhardt, she died at twenty seven. Yeah. All the all the great artists between the sixties and the seventies all died at twenty seven years old. Oh wow, twenty seven. I was just when I was twenty seven. I ain't, I was just barely having sex. <laughs> That's kind of weird. I'm an NBA superstar, but it was. It's just. It's just so weird. If people today don't really look at life so seriously anymore, mm. they don't because it's moving so fast. Because we need. We need some. We need some type of actually to keep our mind moving in the right direction. Yeah. And it's so hard to sit there and try to control people's mind and and independence to say, okay, great. Here's some positive stuff for you today. Yeah. Knowing, knowing the fact there could be some negative stuff over here too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, which direction are we going as human beings? Yeah. And people don't want to people don't want to have to take time out to sit down and understand that. Well, you've said before that you think that things have become too easy for this generation right yep. now. What do you mean by that? It's too easy. I think it's everything is handed to this generation right now. I think the people that that like us in the 80s has brought a lot of coolness to some people in the 90s. And now the 90s became the 2000s. And I was saying something the other day uh, before the, the New Year's, right? I said, do people don't realize that 2020 is going to be an important year for a lot of people? You know, if 2020 is going to be important because everything you hear is about is 2020. Hindsight 2020. So what what you do 20 years ago to now? What you do, everything's 2020. And you ask people, what does that mean? What you think it means? What do you think 2020 means today? Because we've been using this term for a long time, mm. 2020. Yeah. You know, you can go to, you can go to eye doctor. Oh, if you've got vision, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, hopefully 2020. people are going to find clarity. But we'll probably find clarity. But, that, but most of the time we get 10, 15, yeah. 15, 20, and stuff like this. But I was saying, but it's just at 2020, it's a significant part going to be this year, pretty much. And I just think that people should really take time out. To think, because yeah. well, the world is moving so fast right now, and like I said, we had a couple of tragedies this year, and it made us think for a minute. Yeah. And then when we, it's gonna happen to us again. Yeah. Next week, we're gonna all slow this world down for a minute and open our eyes. Yeah. It can happen to us in this day and age. Because I see a lot of people in the 50s and 60s were doing so many hard drugs, so many, so many stuff in the world, man. And you see these people still living today. Why is that? And you're seeing people inflicting, inflicting themselves with, with pain and stuff like that. And I do it a lot. And that's why I said, I'm surprised I'm still here. But 
Everything is happening because we're inflicting all this negativity in our lives. And we expect people to come and give us positive positivity energy every day, like this right here. Just like this right here. You do it for a living, right? And I don't want to insult you or anything like that. But I don't know who in the hell you are. I'm being honest. I have no clue who you are. But these guys gave me some information that the fact that you must get a powerful voice. And that's why I'm here to share my voice with you. I'm grateful though, that man. And I have so, no I have no issue with you not knowing who I, I am. I have no, it's I didn't actually have no a beautiful clue. thing. I didn't have no clue. I said, but I've just heard so many good things since I walked <laughs> up here. And it's like, wow, he's that he's that good because you're only thirty two years old. Yeah, man. I'm I'm just very grateful that I met a lot of amazing people when I was young. Mm. So it all goes back to my mentors, my teachers, my coaches. It's not right. it's not me. I can't really take credit for it. I'm just very fortunate I met a lot of amazing people when I was young. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. So, so that's, it's, it's like a, it's just like if I bring up the, uh, the subject, Kim Jong Un. Yeah. Let's go there. Yeah, let's go there. <laughs> let's go there because a lot of people always ask me about that Kim Jong Un. Mm. I think people ask you about that, but I and and I'm and I'm doing it differently because mm. I think my perception and this is what I was saying to the team before as well is I'm more fascinated by you, your choices, the mm. way you live, like. I heard you say that, you know, one of the only demon that you're fighting right now is convincing yourself you're a good father. Right. Like, like what's fatherhood been like for you? What's your favorite thing about that fatherhood? Question. You hate that question. I hate that question. Why do you hate that question? Because I'm doing it to myself. You're doing what to yourself? Mm, pain. So that's that's a great place to- mm, That's to a start. great place. Yeah, we, great I, place. I want to go there. Right? I want to go, go there. Yeah. Oh, we only go to Kim yeah, Jong-un. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's down the road, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. No, no, man, it's just hard. It's hard to understand how you became such a, a great human being in the beginning of your life, and all of a sudden, it's all about you now. You don't care about what people think and what people do to you, but you're always sitting there, like I say about that, self-inflicted. Mm. But for me, it's more like it's me, me, me. I can give it about nobody, pretty much, especially my kids. And that's the tough part. Why, I don't know. I have no clue why I'm like that. Yeah. But it's hard. What, what helps you think? Because you were saying earlier that, and I agree, I'm totally with you. When you said that the world is moving too fast, so Gandhi has a beautiful statement. He said that there's more to life than increasing its speed. And everyone's trying to live this speeded life right now. We don't have time to think. We're focusing on distractions. I'm totally with you. Right. What helps you think and process? Where do you find time and space and gaps and the right people that you've got in your life that help you think through this type of stuff? Or where do you want to find it? Well, it's, it's funny though, you know, <clears throat> I was uh, I was uh, asked people in Newport Beach. Have you been to Newport Beach? I have, yes. Live, right, yeah. and I asked people in bars, restaurants. I said, "Do anybody realize that the fact that do any black people live here?" I ask people all the time in Newport. <laughs> do any black people live here? You know, probably <laughs> you live there a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Your lifestyle is lived there a lot. Yeah. But I said, "You don't hear any black people living in Newport besides me, Kobe." Shaq, who was a couple other people that got money. And like I said, but the things are moving so fast, even the sports world, mm. even the sports world, it is so, it is so, it's so, it's so hard and dangerous to live the, uh, the sports life now. It's hard, man. Yeah. Because it's more like, okay, great. And when it comes to religion and, and pride and, and color and individuals and stuff like that, I get so sick and tired of hearing this, this stuff about black, white, 
I can't, I can't stand it. I cannot stand it. It is, it's just, it's just, you know, like I said, the world's moving too damn fast. But it's amazing, though. It's, it is amazing when you see black and white. And that's what I was trying to say about the COVID thing. I said, wow. All I saw was around the world, black and white hugging each other. Wow. But we want to we want to put certain things in our lives to screw it all up. But it takes something like this to bring everybody together. Yeah. And it's, that's the sad part. I'm with you. That's the sad part right there. And it's no, it don't matter what 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 color creed you are, but it takes this type of this type of mess to put everyone together. Yeah. And. And for me, I've been like that from day one. I don't care, man. The only thing that I can't seem to figure out is that question. Why I'm, why I'm a bad dad. And I think I'm a good dad, but in my kids' eyes, I suck. And I talk real. I don't care. And a lot of people like me because I talk like this. And it's, it's, it's difficult every day. It's difficult to get up. Yeah. All the time. Sometimes you want to die. Sometimes you want to sit there and try to inflict pain to yourself. Sit there to fix the whole problem. But for me, it don't seem like that's working either. Yeah. But for me, I think I need someone, maybe my kids to sit me down and say, hey, pay attention. It's not all about you every day. I think that's what key I think I need right there. Wow. I'm going to see if that's going to open a door in my eyes and say, okay, great. Let me pay attention to my kids finally. Wow. So. Thank you for sharing that, man. Thank you for opening up. Oh, absolutely. And I'm with you on that. Let's, there's two points you raised there that I think are super powerful. The first one is, why does it take a tragedy to bring about unity? Yeah. And I actually went and did a few mini docs last year where we went and focused on areas in the U.S. that had yeah. gone through tragedy. So like the, the hurricane in Houston, and we looked at uh, some of the shootings that happened in Orlando. And, and yeah. because of that, so many communities that were initially against each other actually came together. Right. And that's exactly the question we were asking. Right. And, and sometimes it's the same for us, like what you're sharing, like sometimes it's the same for us. Like, unfortunately, sometimes until we experience deep pain, mm. we don't feel forced to change. And I'm sure you've experienced that in your life where deep pain brought about big changes in your life. Yeah, that right there is a good statement. That's a great statement. I think the deep pain for me has really elevated my whole life as far as thinking. You know, sometimes I understand it, but sometimes I don't understand it. But it just, it's, it's just hard to really, when you've done so much in your life, it's, it's hard to really wake up in the morning and wonder what can you do that's different that's going to incite your life every day. Yeah. You know, I hear a lot of people say, hey, you know, I've done everything in the world. I'm one of them. I'm saying, what's left for Dennis Rodman? Yeah. There's, there's only other one person. I've, I heard Joe Walsh say something from the Eagles. Mm. So when he was speaking at an event, I remember a few years ago hearing him say that. I wonder how much of what you've experienced though, and you could be honest, I don't know the answer to this. I'm asking as a student of your life, how much of when you say you've done everything, how much of that is material versus spiritual? How much of that is internal versus external trying stuff out? I think when I start talking like that, I'm always joking about this this whole thing. I said, 
I see why I'm talking like this, but I talk just like my mother. <laughs> I talk like my mother because she, she's a you know spiritual person. I never been so spiritual in in her life because she's been playing for the church for like 50 years, 55 years, sure. piano, and she believes in you know, the spirit of love. But I, every time I start talking like that, when I said that's my mother talking, huh? And I start seeing myself doing a lot of things my mother's done <laughs> in the past, and. And I'm like, wow, man. And it puts a smile on my face when I start thinking about her. Yeah. Because she, she's, mm, like, like a lot of mothers around the world, they've been through a hard, hard stretch in their lives. You know, mm-hmm. in the 40s, the 50s, 60s, you know, and now things are easier. But for me, I just think that, God, man, I just look at a whole lot of cool things that's happened in my life and see what, what can I do to bring it forward in this light. Mm. You know, I'm trying to like this year, I'm trying to do something in 2020. I want to do something about ask 20 people about ask 20 people 20 questions and focus on the last 20 years of your life and show me hindsight 2020. In oh, your I life, love that. In your life, on 20 people, 20 questions, 20 years, 20 years. Give me 20 years of your life right here. That's a great idea. That's it. 20 years of your life. Show us your life and see, you know, I don't, I don't care what it is. What generation, whatever this is, this is. You could be five years old, and you could be 25 today. Show me 25 years, tell me 20 years of your life to this day. Wow, I like that. To this day. People are so fascinated by you. Who would be your 20 people that you're fascinated by? Like yeah. I, I'm, I'm, like you said, like you've done everything. Like, I'm, I'm fascinated to know who you would be fascinated by to ask that question to. I think that's a brilliant, that is the best idea I've heard all year. Well, yeah. That's a great idea. <laughs> But I want to basically, I want to basically get ten kids under the age of ten. Okay. Under the age of ten, see what they what they would say. They weren't born twenty years ago. I want to hear what they say they would been doing in the last twenty years. I want to hear that under the age of ten. I want to get ten of ten kids. Going to be five, six, seven, eight, nine years old. I want to ask those ten kids because they gonna give you an answer something like you know. I wasn't born 20 years ago, but if you throw a question at kids today, especially that, that young, oh, but you can work at an iPhone, can you? You can sit there and do anything in the world with an iPhone. Huh? You can go to all these little secret compartments and stuff like that, but you can't tell me what you, you would do 20 years ago to now? <laughs> you can't tell me? But you could tell me about my life. Yeah. But I was like, so I want to put that to kids. It's still how kids respond to that. Yeah. And then give me 20, give me, give me 10 people age of 25 to 40, mm-hmm. 25 to 40. Now I want to hear you. I want to hear your answers. Hear your answers. I want to hear those kids on a 10 years old. Let me say how similar are they? I, I want to say how similar are they? And people will be surprised. It could be so similar. It will be so similar because if you look at families' lives today, a lot of people that have kids that are parents, adults and stuff like that. These kids are pretty much the parents. If you see people that are parents, these parents are walking behind the kids now. They're walking behind the kids. They listen to these kids. That's five to 10 years old. You know, there's no control about anything in life today, but but we do have self-control in certain areas of our life. You know, just like they say in China and Hong Kong, they got a different regime over there. And when we, when we start speaking out about China and Hong Kong and Tokyo and stuff like that, we got no business saying anything about those guys. 
no business. But the dealers, though, they love us. They love American people. They love American people. And for people to sit there and say, look, religions around the country, and what China and Tokyo and Hong Kong is doing, they are trying to do, they're trying to, they're trying to create this new regime now. They want people that's, that's been in the, in, the, in the parliaments or whatever, that's been in there for hundreds and hundreds of years, they want to see this stuff change. Stuff change, stuff like that. It's just like Donald Trump. He wants to be the first thing, first guy to do everything first. You know, oh, I broke America together because of Kim Jong Un. I'm like, yeah, you did. Don't forget that black guy. <laughs> don't forget, that, don't forget that black guy did first. Okay, so I'm just saying, you know, but those things right there, people don't understand about life. I think you do because I think you have a, 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 a full religious about really cool stuff in your life at 32 years old. You know, you say you're a Buddhist, right? So like stuff like that. Um, but. It's just, it's just, it's just a beautiful way to look at life through my eyes and through your, and try to see some type of weakness and some type of a consistency as far as happiness and joy with people. I try my to see that, mm. to see that, but it's difficult to see because too much negativity in people. Mm. You know, people next door over here will sit there and tell you to get the hell away from me quick. Mm. You know, but. But I love the experiment, man. That's a great idea. That's a great. I'm just saying, people. People would love to tell you, you get the hell away from them quick, right? But then when you go to an airport, people are so sad in airports. They're mad and they're sad. Mad and they're sad. You know, you get more happiness in a in a hospital you do in an airport. Why do you think that is? I'm just saying. Do you, do you ever thought about stuff like that? You go to a hospital, you'll get more happiness there than you would get in damn airport. Because again, it takes that, it's when we're in that deep pain. With that deep pain and stuff yeah. like that. You know, everybody in the airport is so like, it's so like, it Russia, 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 Russia. But you can't go anywhere unless that plane goes somewhere. Mm. Okay, so you sit here, da, 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 da. You don't want to sit by next to somebody because, of, you know, if I sit next to them, I got to go sit there and wash my hands, sanitize my and I'm like, okay, you know what? You know what? We're so like diseased to people. I'm like, okay, great. So, boom, if you go to a hospital, at least people are crying. For, these people are crying for a reason. Mm, mm. These people are sad for a reason. Mm. These people are doing one thing, trying to bless, bless the Holy Spirit to help, help, help. That's, That's right crazy. there. It's a whole different story right there. Mm. Okay, so when you leave the hospital and the doctor say, it's okay, it's okay, don't have to run away. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay, don't have to hide away. This is my voice. This is my choice. Understand that one. Mm. Damn. Mm. Understand that one. Quick. Okay. <laughs> I mean, quick. But, so, but this is how I like to talk. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you're talking a different way, but I think. No, we, it's we, great, man. We, I we, love we, it. We, we come like this right here. So, and, and I can say this about me. I try not to try to go too deep into something I don't know anything about. I love that. Me too, man. Me too. Tell me, tell me, I want to know out of, you've said you've done everything. You've had all the experiences. Tell me about the most joyful experience you ever had. Mm. The experience that you had that made you the most happy for you, whatever it is. Been broke. Oh, wow. When was that? Not too long ago. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm screwed. No, 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 no. Just, I mean, seriously, not having money. Okay. 
why why was that the most joyful happiest time in your life versus having money and having fame and why was that the one that you chose i'm intrigued well life back then let you live a little bit there's no pressures there's no there's no accolation to do anything that's you know significant to hurt other people so you go outside every day and live, 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 and be happy, happy, happy. And there's nothing, there's nothing that's going to contain you to sit there and say, okay, you got to go over here and da, 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 da. Okay, great. I love the fact that I got kicked out of the house. I love that. I love the fact that I lived on the street. Love that one because it kept it got me going today, how I live today. I love the fact that I don't like about money because it hurts me more than anything in the world. So uh, if you look at some of the things I've said over the years, my interviews, I said, you know what? I didn't play the game for the money. I didn't play the game for accolades. I didn't play the game to be famous. I just love the game. I love making people happy. That's all I always say. So that right there is the most happiest time I've been in my life when I was broke. Wow, that's powerful, man. So, I don't know a lot of people who would say that. Uh, it, it takes a lot to say that. So you give me 20 bucks a week, I've had that best going on for 10 days. <laughs> <laughs> I ride it out for 10 days. <laughs> so, so, okay. so that's me right there. They'll tell you that. Yeah. But, and what's been the most what's been the most challenging part of your life where you overcame a big fear of yours or you overcame a big challenge of yours that you were struggling with? Because that was the one that most people would have pointed that for challenging. So now I'm intrigued to hear what, what you have found as a challenge or where you feel like you've really broken through a fear. I broke through a fear. I think the fact that I think uh, a man in my life, I called him my father. I didn't let that bother me. I said, he could be my friend. Mm. I broke through that right there. I didn't let something that was so missing out of my life deter me to keep living the way I'm living. So when something like that comes comes back in your life, and it was, it's a hurtful thing, it's a fucking painful thing, painful. As a distance, I'm trying not to be like him or something like that. I want to do, do that. I want to keep it where I can say, okay, great. This is my friend. But I've, I've got, I broke through that right there. Mm-hmm. Because I could have just bowed down to him and said, okay, great. You owe me two or three million dollars, man. You know, you came here and ruined my life. You know, you, you wrote a couple books about me. You didn't give me a damn dime. So, and I'm like, I'm like the first kid you had out of 49. But you still didn't care about me. But you went out and get anything anyway when I asked to me. And I said, it's okay. It's okay. Everything's going to be all right. Every little thing is, is going to be all right. And people don't know about that. Every little thing, not the big thing, every little thing is going to be all right. That's beautiful, man. Right? That's huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I don't know many people who have been in that situation. Mm-hmm. That's, that's huge. And that's definitely a huge fear to break through. Mm-hmm. It's a huge fear to break through. I just want to acknowledge that because right. it's important to recognize that. And it's and it's funny that we doing we doing your podcast here, and they said you're the number one in the world. So I guess they will get a great uh, vision and a view about me and saying that we know we didn't know some of these things about Dennis. Mm. I've yeah. written books, I've did interviews and stuff like that. And like I said, for you to be 32 years old and have this knowledge that I probably don't have at, you know, when I was 32 years old. Your wisdom and your, and your outlook and, and, your, and your praise about, you know, the Holy Spirit and whatever you believe in the world, a lot of people can't get to this gravitation which you got. And I'm pretty sure that's why you're so famous. That's why this is, this is really happening for you around the world. You're reaching to people 
that can't say you can't do what you do. At that's 32 right. years old, bro. 32 years old. That's very kind mm. of you, man. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, like I said, I've never heard this before, but I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm going to hear about it after we leave. Right? <laughs> so, so, I hope like so. That. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. so. Yeah, no, so. I hope so. But, but no, man, like I said to you, and, and this is why, and I, and I mean this, I'm not just saying this, I mean it. Like, we are all fortunate or unfortunate based on who we meet in our lives and the impact that they have on us. Right. Like, for you, Pearl Jam. Like, right. I mean, Jam. like, you know, I want you to share about that because I think that we have people who, <laughs> either change the trajectory of our life, extend our lives. I was just, you know, if, I, if I'm completely honest, I was an average kid who loved the same stuff that every kid loves, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, I wanted to date hot women. I wanted to make a lot of money and I wanted to be famous when I was 18 years old. Like, what else do you want when you're 16, 17, 18? I wasn't a saint growing up. <laughs> I was just one of those people who wanted to do everything that was out there in the world. But when I was 18 years old, I met someone and, I, and now in hindsight, I look back, when I was 18, I'd met people who were rich, I'd met people who were famous, I'd met people who were beautiful, but I'd never met anyone who was happy. Mm. And when I met this monk, I believed that he was fully happy. And now after knowing him for 14 years, I'm still convinced that he's happy. Mm. And when I saw that and experienced that at 18, I was like, I want that. I don't want any of this. I want that. I want that experience. I want that feeling because I could see everything else around me. So for me, it's, I owe it all to the people that I was exposed to. And similarly with you, when you talk about poetry, like when you're exposed to certain things, that yeah. saves you from, from, it saves you from your own self. From your own self, pretty much, yeah. But Pearl Jam, that, that pretty much put me on, on the, um, on different levels as far as living. They gave, they gave me opportunity when I, you know, because I was lost at, at that particular time. Yeah. And I wanted to shoot myself, kill myself or kill the old Dennis. And, um, and I, they just came to my life at the right time, 1991. And for you to do what you do, I said 32 years old, 18, 14 years ago, hey, you want that? I just said the same thing. I want to be happy. I don't give a damn about anything. Mm -hmm. I, I'd rather be broke, <laughs> be unhappy. <laughs> so it'd be other. But Pro John's a big part of my life. I think uh, certain people that that's, has really integrated into my life. You know, you got Darren Will, you got there, you got certain people, like I said, there's say Brian, that's really been an integral part. Jerry Buss, yes, bless his soul. Jeannie Buzz, bless her heart. Um, Phil Jackson, mm. uh, Chuck Daly, James Rich. Those four men right there. I can say his dad too, but <laughs> you, know, you know, they make it a whole team, right? You got a basketball team now. Make it a whole team, basketball team, right? But you just pick certain people in your life, like as you said, you met this month. And I, I'm, I met people like that. I guess it's, there's four or five people right there. I mean, literally right there. They actually changed my life in such a different way. I always say, if you put this in a blender, you you, you have a, a great human being. Because mm. they got different things, change the seasons, change of mind, change the way you think. But guess what? They, they still not, they, they go on that, that same path, mm. you know, and always be right. But you know what they're talking about. You know what they're trying to get you to uh, um, get into and, and try to live your life in, in, in this certain way. And uh, like I said, I love listening to people that has more than me mentally wise. Mm, me too. Mentally wise. <laughs> you know, you give me a million, hundred million dollars, trillion dollars. I, I still, I don't care about that. You know, I would be some, around somebody that's happy as hell. I just has a, cl a clairvoyancy about how to live life to the day, you know, 15, 20, 25 years down the road. Mm. You know, I want to get to that happiness, that happy place, you know, 
you know, obviously, you know, I was happy playing basketball. Mm-hmm. I was happy as a retirement person, as I'm doing now, retire. But it's still, man, there's something still missing for me. Yeah. Something still missing, man. You know, like I said, I've been a lot of things in my life could have changed my world completely. Mm-hmm. I could have died many times in the last 15 years. It has nothing to do with drugs. Maybe alcohol, but not drugs. Drug is alcohol too, but mm-hmm. but it's for us like many a time I could have been, damn. And I look at this all the time, man. You know, mm. I just see death, man. Like, for me, it's a happiness. It's a blessing. Mm. You know, I'm afraid of living. That's the key. I'm afraid of living. I'm afraid to live. Mm. Maybe that's why I keep pushing those damn buttons all the time. But there's a message in that. Well, if, if you are still here, mm. having nearly had all those opportunities to right. die in the last 15 years, there's still an experience here for you. Yeah that is waiting Wait, for you, waiting. that is calling you, that's pulling you yeah. to it. And, and in my opinion, it's an internal experience because, right. you know, whatever my opinion's worth, I really feel that external experiences and internal experiences, external ones are tangible, they're gross, you feel them, but the internal experiences take some time and they, because they're harder to see and we're not trained to see them, we can miss them sometimes. Right. You know, and it, you know I, I see things on TV. He's going to laugh when I say this one. I was just saying straight out, Joe Osteen, I'm just going to have to say this now, man. Excuse me. <laughs> I don't know. How happy can you get? <laughs> I mean, how happy can you get? Yeah. And he's like, seemed like the most happiest <laughs> creature on this planet. <laughs> I mean, when he started speaking, oh, I can do this. I'm like, oh my God, right? <laughs> right? I'm like, damn. Like, but how happy can you get? Is anyone in the world that damn happy. It depends how you... I'm speaking speak to all your people out there. <laughs> you, is anyone out there that's that damn happy that you have no trials or tribulations, that you need no help? Are you that damn happy every day? That's the, well, that would be if you define de- <laughs> happiness as being free of trials, which yeah. is not true. not true. And happiness not needing any help, which no, is not true. That's not true. How do you define happiness? I have to play this. You know, I try to spell it in, in different lang- <laughs> languages. I try to put it in backwards. I try to put it angrily. You know, <laughs> so, so I try to put it every different way. But, you know, I, damn, for some reason it comes back to the damn. Why are you trying to get there, Dennis? Why are you trying to get to this happy place? I don't know. Disneyland said the same thing. It's the happiest place on earth. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty close. <laughs> it's the happiest place on earth. When you leave, you're miserable as hell. So it's like, okay, great. So I, I've been trying to look for happiness for a long time. And I, I, you know, I got keys. I got keys in my pocket. Some, some things work and some keys don't. Absolutely. So basically, you know, I do have a key to open a door for my kid's life. I do have keys to open the door for people that need me. But I don't have a key to open the door to keep me, mm. you know, together. Mm. Wow. I don't. But it's around me. Mm. It's around me, man. Mm. You know, like I said, everyone needs help. I need help every day. Yeah, we all do. We need help every day, man. We all do. Yeah. You know, like I said, one of these days I'm going to sit down with my kids and have them tell me, What's up? I think that's a great idea. Sit down because a lot of people, lot of people don't sit down with their kids and say, "How you doing? What's up?" Da, da, da. No, no, no. Okay, great. But I'm gonna ask my kids to sit down, maybe in an interview. Mm. You know, 
field. They can be one of the 20 people. One of the 20 people. I want to hear what they have to say. But I'm just saying, in general, just I would love to ask them on TV so people can see what I've been saying here on TVs and get my reaction. I love that. Why I won't do this. Why, why I won't take time out to, to express why, how much I love you so much. But I'm so afraid of the fact that if you tell me, no, I hate you, Dad, I'm going to reject you. That's my only fear with that. So if you tell me something like that, I'll probably do something really bad, you know, um, speaking-wise. Yeah. So I don't want to do that. But I just I would love for my kids to sit down and ask me three questions about my life and about them. Three questions. That's it. Yeah. So I want people to see what I've been saying for so many years and watch me see in my kids' eyes the pain they go through. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping that the way I'm hearing it from you is very sincere. Like oh, yeah. the way I'm hearing it from you is like, you really want to learn. You, you oh, really yeah. want to grow. Like oh, yeah. I'm not hearing it from a, and I'm hoping that if your kids hear it in that tone, then their initial reaction may be what you think it may be. But after that, I think people, I think sincerity of intention, the way you're living it, this sincerity and genuineness of just wanting to know, I think that will help them actually tell you the truth. I think that will actually make them go beyond what you think they're going to say and actually give you an opportunity to hear from them because yeah. of the way you're asking it. Yeah, when I asked them, I mean, I think that people don't understand that. It takes a lot, a lot of, a lot of heart to break down to someone. Oh, 100%. That takes the biggest yeah, courage. That's the biggest courage right there to just let someone break you down for a day. Let them break you down for a day. Let them see. Let me see. Let me see the you. Let me see. Open up to me. Open up to me. It's, it's, it's okay to hurt. It's okay to cry. It's okay to have this pain. Mm. It's okay. And whenever I do get emotional, I love being happy afterwards because I think I'm just just cleansing, you know, that day of, of just this misery and pain. Yeah. And, I just, and when I get emotional, I love it. I mm. just start smiling. <laughs> I start smiling when I do that. Yeah. And and I'm pretty sure these three guys right here, these two guys right here, they love me. Yeah. Pretty sure I had a bet I was gonna get emotional today. <laughs> Wait, I'd be quick. Yeah, yeah, you know. But I, you know, this is a good format for me. When people around the world understand how I am in life. You had Kobe. You had all the great people in the world on the show. You know, a lot of people like like Kobe, Tiger, or whoever you had on your on your on your show here. A lot of people try to outsmart people and try to outsmart themselves. Instead of looking in deep and say, you know what, man, I do, I do have the uh, ability to show a little light to the world. And like I say, it just took 41 years of somebody's life to re realize how you stop the world like that quick, that quick. And that was insane. Mm -hmm. That's what said, stop the world. And that's powerful. That's powerful. So I think this is going to be a, a good thing for people to see me when I, you know, leave here today, go to Miami and stuff like that. Yeah. For the way you're going to probably express it afterwards yeah, and stuff well, like that. So I think what I really appreciate, and, and I think we're living in a time now where what you just said, like you sell yourself short when you outsmart yourself right. and you sell other people short when you outsmart yourself. And people can tell when you're kind of outsmarting yourself. Right. So when you kind of put all that smarts out the way and you just go, I'm just going to be, right. and I'm just going to talk as if I'm, you're literally, I feel right now I'm hearing your thoughts. Mm. You're not filtering them to me. No. Nope. You're not checking them. You're not like, oh, I can't mm. say this. You're not like, oh, I should <sighs> cut this out. Like you're not filtering them. And I think people, 
like hearing an unfiltered thought process because right. that's what it sounds like to be in any of our heads. Right. Right. And so, mm. and, and that's the same with me in this, in this conversation that we're having, I'm also asking you my most unfiltered question right? because I'm just like, okay, we're going unfiltered. I'm unfiltered too. Like that's where we got to go. So my, my next question or next thought that I have is out of all the experiences you had, what was the one that was crazy for you and that was surprising for you? Which one of your ventures or experiences that you took was the most surprising to yourself, not just to the world? The one that you think was the most extreme, the most crazy. The, it could have been me and Kim Jong-un, but it could be anything. Right, what's extreme, I think. The thing that you did that surprised yourself, that you were like, wow, I can't believe I did this. Like, you know, because people think that of you. Well, I think the most surprising thing, I think a lot of people um, play this uh, video more than anything <laughs> for me. I think the fact that people saw an innocent guy come from Oklahoma and he, and he let the most simple thing in the world touch him. And that video is so powerful. Just, just that video alone. Mm. That's when I, when I was in the NBA and they say you won the defensive player of the year. That wasn't even no money. That was something like that for me to sit there and show the world how much emotional that I felt, the fact that these people gave me an opportunity and I'm not trying to fail these guys and thank you for letting me be myself. Thank you guys. Thank you. And I wasn't about no money. It was just the fact that I got so emotional because I worked myself to do what I got to do. Now, because I could have went to jail, I could have been a drug dealer, I could have done so many negative things in my life. But for some damn reason, somebody's got a hand on my damn shoulder every day. When I leave here, somebody's going to have a hand on my shoulder. So, and I just praise it all the time. I was, thank you. When I go home, I say, thank you for letting me live, man. You know, I'm not playing no gods or anything like that. I'm just, just whoever's around, thank you for letting me live another day. Yeah. <laughs> Simple. And have you, have you explored that a little bit, like in terms of like looked into like what you think is there for you, what's supporting you? Like, because obviously that's a special, that's very rare and special for you to feel that and experience mm -hmm. that as extremely as you have. And you've always had a big heart. Oh, like yep. you've always said, but you're known as someone who has this immensely big heart. Where does that come from? Tell me where that. I have no, that right there. I, I don't think I've ever expressed that. What, 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 why do I have this, this heart that just, this, this totally so big to people. And the same, the same sense is so bad to people. The same sense, same damn categories. Like, damn, I got this heart that's so damn big, but damn, over here I got, a, I'm so bad. You know what I'm saying? And and it's, it, it reminds me of something that was cool, man. It reminds me of something that's cool. I think it's only been one man that's walked on this, this planet Earth. One man on this planet Earth. It wasn't, I don't think it was Jesus. I think it was Moses. And he went and part the Red Sea. And he told, if you guys want to join me, come on, everybody's invited. Good or the bad or ugly, come on, everyone's invited. And he didn't say anything. He said, my, my hands and my heart is open for everybody. And then you came down and gave you the Ten Commandments. Until this day, do you realize those Ten Commandments? People do not even abide by those Ten Commandments. And that's a set of rules right there. We always try to teach our kids to try to be, you know, contained in certain things in life. But if you look at the Ten Commandments, you look at this, just read them. If you ask anybody in the world, do you know the Ten Commandments? He said, what is that? 
<laughs> what is it? I don't know, man. What is it? You know, if you ask anybody what is the Ten Commandments, they name all Ten Commandments. They say no. That's a good point. Seriously, they will say no. Matter of fact, have you seen the Bible? <laughs> you know, you know what? The, what does the Bible say to us? Kids don't know that. When did you get exposed to Ten Commandments in the Bible for you? Oh, Ten Commandments. I've been exposed this since I was like, my God, two, three, four, five years old. You know, I went to church three times a day, three, um, three days a week. You know, but it's just funny how when Moses said, "I'm gonna part the Red Sea." I would like to see somebody do that today. Somebody <laughs> 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 to do that today. Part something that you've never seen before. Yeah. And I told you, I said, I've seen, I've seen Tiger Woods do that last show for the, for the Masters. Was that last year, Masters? When he won the Masters? And everybody on the planet Earth, thousands and thousands of people were following him. You thought that was, you thought that was Black Jesus or Jack, Black Moses or God. And I've, seen, I've never seen him in the history, you know, since I've been living on this earth. They see one human being captivate the world in a happy way, even though he did a lot of crazy things, sexual, uh, uh, marital, uh, kids, stuff like that. He turned it all around in one damn day. And people loved his ass. And all he did was curse something. That's all he did. But you saw people crying. You saw people laughing. You saw people doing one. That's what I'm saying. Mm. That's how powerful certain people in the world can do. That's, that's how powerful people's minds can be. Just like that. If you think in a good light sometimes, you know, good, good love would happen to you. Mm. Your life will have a lot more shining than it does, a lot more meaning. You know, so I just like looking at things like that that really profound me, to keep me alive, keep me focused, keep me uh, in a good light. So, are you that kind of person? Like, are you someone who looks back and thinks, "I wish I could have done it differently," or are you someone who thinks, "I'm I'm looking for a moment where I can kind of cleanse and let go now"? Like, are you someone who looks forward or looks backwards, and and what helps you push forward? I look I look a lot of things, you know, backwards to forward. I was looking at things the other day. I said, "Wow." That Kim Jong-un thing was really big, right? And it was really bad, too. Mm. Tell us about that. Oh, well, that's funny, huh? It was big. Then it became really bad. Then it became big again. That's the things I'm talking about right there. Right there. I'm one of the few people on this planet that can have that type of, say, power. You know, one of the few people in the world. I can't do this right here. This is not, this is your thing, you know. But I do things out there because now I've tried to tell these guys, you know, I say, hey, there is no way in, in the hell I can go out there and try to do this right here and, pe and people believe me at all. Yeah, we all have different superpowers. Right, yeah. superpowers. I mean, it's saying, for me now, since I've been able to do these certain things around the country, people are looking for the next big thing for me. That next big thing for me. And I said to people, I said, you know what? I said, you know, I'm gonna tell you something. You wanna see another powerful man come to America? You wanna see another powerful man? I mean, a powerful man and watch people in America would literally globally watch him. Now, I would say Kim Jong-un, if he came to America, even though people say he's bad, he kills people, da da da. I don't I, I haven't seen that. I've seen the country, but I've never seen that. He what did you see when? I, he, he's training me very well and stuff like that. 
But I try to put it in perspective. I said, this is the 21st century, man. You, know, you can't keep having a hatred every damn day. I mean, it don't go no, it don't, it don't go too, uh, that far. I mean, we want to see some happiness in the world. I mean, there's really some, some big things around the world. You know, we want to see Kim Jong-un go, hey, man, come to my country. I love you guys coming to my country. Hey, let's go to, you know, South Korea. Oh, okay, great. President Moon. Oh, okay, great. Let's go over to Russia and get that guy a chance. Let's go over here to Tibet. Let's get this guy a chance. So, you know, I, that's why I like right there because either way, you go around this neighborhood, there's different cultures living with each other, man. Different cultures, just like your culture. You know, I'm here talking to you. I love talking to you like this. You know, Me too. Because I love this right here all day long. <laughs> you know, so, but I think that, uh, I think people going, is looking for me to do the next big thing in 2020, and it's going to happen. I don't know when, how, but it's going to happen in 2020 for me. Okay, man. I, I, I see that. We're looking forward to it. I see that. Yeah. So, you know, but like I said, it's, but it's, it's not going to be about the money. Yeah. You know, when I went to North Korea, I never got paid. Yeah. Never got paid doing that. You know, so, but. What was, what was your uh, happiest? You said basketball made you very happy. What was your happiest moment in basketball? Your like happiest memory from that time? Uh, my daughter came and saw me play when I was 30, 33, 34 years old. She saw my first game ever. She was like nine or 10. I had like, I had a triple double that day. I had like 13 points, 22 rebounds and 10 assists. And I was like, wow, that was a happy moment. She was all that cheering, cheering, cheering. And that's the only one of my, one of my kids that's ever seen me play basketball. Oh, wow. She's the only one. Wow. So uh, speaking of kids, change gears on that right there. Yeah, sure. But, but the happiest moment in my life, I mean, one of the few that happened, I was in uh, Palm Springs. And these three kids, I'm walking in the store, these three kids are running around, running around with, with a camera phone, running around. I'm like, what's wrong with these kids? But they just kept running around. And the one kid said, hey, can I ask you a question? I said, what is that? He said, is this you? I said, yeah, that's kind of cool, huh? That made me feel good as hell right there. That made me feel good as hell for that day. Because <laughs> this kid went out of his way to, to, just to let me know, is this you? He didn't ask for anything. He didn't ask for nothing. He said, is this you? And he just, just happens to clown. And I threw it back. I said, damn, I used to be that happy without, without a phone. But I'm just like, he went out of his way to ask me, is that you? Yeah. And that's, that's, that's kind of kind of make you feel good because this kid, probably eight, nine years old, have no clue where the hell I am, but he went out of his way to go check me up and check me out and say, is this you? I said, yes. I said, great. I said, yes. I, said, yes. I still got it. I said, yes. Yeah. So those little things like that makes me happy. I mean, those right there. So... I think if people get anything out of out of this podcast here, I think they'll get a good re revelation. The fact that I don't try to get too deep in a lot of stuff. I love simple things in the world. Mm. I love to, to live my life simple. I love to say simple things, and I always say the most simplest things make you happy. The most simplest things in the world make you money. The most obvious things in the world. That's the problem. Which to one? me, to me, the most obvious thing, you can do anything in the world, the most obvious things, because a lot of people can't make money. A lot of people can't make money. Because you, you, you play this, you can go sit, sit there and try it, but a lot of people can't make money. Hmm. And that's a big process to that. Money. You know, when you got, when you got Amazon, a guy go in his damn uh, 
garage, a house, and wrote a damn book, and he's worth about $250 billion of books. Please help me out. <laughs> I mean, this guy's worth $250 damn dollars. I mean, $250 billion off of books. <laughs> and a bunch of others. That, 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 I'm just saying, it makes yeah, no yeah. damn sense. The simple thing in the world. And these books are all about us in the world. Mm. He sold, pretty much, I sold to the world so people can understand us. Mm. Wow. I mean, it's that off of books. Went from books to everything else. And it's funny, though, man. You know, other people say, oh, my God, he wrote his, he wrote his wife a $40 billion check and didn't care. Uh. I like what you said about the simple things. So like, the simple I, things. I, I get that. Like simple that, things, man. What was it about? What has it been for you in relationships and dating? What are the simple things there that were? God, it's dating. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go there. Is that we the, all got that problem, right? We all got that problem. Dating's, <laughs> dating's tough, and it's got tougher now with technology. See, we, and I say this with, 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 with a great, great admiration to my community, the gay community. And they've been a great supporter of me. You know, they asked me in 1983, they said, Dennis, if you came out and said that you was gay, I said, you know what, I've probably been the most happiest guy in the NBA. Damn, huh? Mm. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> wow. And people don't even get that part, you know? And people look at me in that light. We've been talking the whole time about this light, mm. stuff like that. If I would have said that I was gay, which I'm not gay, sorry, but my gay community supported me when I was dressed in women's clothes and doing drag shows and going to dress, stuff like that, I would probably have been the happiest guy in the world in the NBA. Happiest guy in the world. Mm. Just because the community that I, I, I love the most is the gay community. They don't show no filter about anything. Mm. They love living life. They love living life. So I, you know, it's funny though. People say, oh, he's gay. So whatever, you know, people expect me to be gay. People expect me to do all these things in the world, man. All these things in the world, all of them. Just because you expressed Mr. yourself. You expressed myself. You expressed yourself, which gave everyone permission, <laughs> permission to express himself. I gave people permission years ago, 1993, 94, 95 in San Antonio to understand this guy, Dennis Rodman. Because back then, you know, I wasn't even acting out. I was just more like just showing this, this the real Dennis Rodman, the life of Dennis Rodman, stuff like that. And people started to gravitate that around the world. I mean, live it around the world. And now today, that's what we talked about. What are the big things you want to do in your life? I, I've done it. I've created an image in the, in the sports world that people are praising. The tattoos, independency, to say what you want to say, but don't hurt nobody. Da, da, da. I do everything in the world in sports. I've done everything in the world in sports that people didn't think I can do. But everybody's taking credit for it, which I don't care. I don't care. I don't care who takes credit, as long as everybody's happy. And I do get pissed off at professional athletes. So are you guys going to understand what I'm saying? You make all this damn money. And you, you're making 40, 50, 60 million dollars. But for some reason, you ain't helping a soul around the world. 
And I'm saying this to every athlete on the planet. And I wrote a book and said something, this whole thing I'm just saying now. Mm-hmm. I said, what's, 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 uh, what's the one thing about uh, the, the playing sports in the NBA, playing basketball in the NBA? I said, 50% is money and 50% is sex. Just like that. Mm-hmm. And it's true. So nothing bad about that. You know, that's what life is all about, especially in the sports world. But for athletes in the world, we're not, I mean, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl, All-Star Game, stuff like that. I get mad, man, at this stuff. I don't care what they, how much money they make, but it's not like they, they're trying to give back. Like Ron, Kobe, stuff like that. They give us a lot they of give the, back. Yeah. They, they give back. But people that's making all that money, man, $40, 50000000 million a year, to hear you complain, complain about what? Complain about what? Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be with this person. I don't want to play with this team. I don't give a damn because you forgot, you forgot who you were now. You forgot who you were now. You know, you you came in here when you got drafted. Anyone got drafted? You was all emotional. Oh, fuck it, I'm up in the NBA. Now you make fifty million dollars. Oh, screw this guy. Really? <laughs> Wait a minute. What happened to that guy? You know, what happened to all this? That that uh, that human human side of us. What happened to it? Mm. It's gone. That's why I said the world life is moving so damn fast. Have you ever said this to some of the players or people that you know? Uh, they don't hear it now. Yeah, they like it or not, I don't care. Yeah, but yeah. What I'm just saying is that these are things when you go around the board and try to explain to people that live out there and and understand life in general, mm. just life in general. You know, so. Your soul is probably in a great place after 14 years. Your soul is probably right there where a lot of people need to be. You know, at 58 years old, going on 59, I need to try to get on that path mm. to try to have some type of happy, fine line about Dennis Rodman. Mm. I've been going around the board by talking about this person, these people, these people, high am, stuff like that. But I'm seeing, I'm, I'm out here trying to reach, mm. trying to find which door is open for me to go in and to say, hey, you know. Yeah. So... You know, but for me to keep talking about it over and over, you know, I, that, I, mean, I just can't. It's, it's kind of hard sometimes because, you know, I'm sitting here, you know, repeating myself about the same thing. And yeah. it's like, but, but I'm just saying, but it's like, but, I'm, but you understand, people understand what I'm saying. Absolutely, People man. understand what I I'm get, saying. I mean, if I'm completely honest, this is what I said to you before, that yeah. when I'm speaking to you, because you're so unfiltered, when I'm hearing you talk, that's kind of like how everyone's mind sounds. Like our mind repeats stuff every single day. Our, right. our mind keeps the same story going on, like a broken record for like, but it's like, that's how we <laughs> process stuff. Yeah, we process right. stuff when we sit with it, when we think about it, when we still ourselves, mm. we process it when we let it. Most of us go, I can't think the same thought again because then I'm crazy. I can't say the same thing again because then I'm crazy. But actually you're not because that's actually what it takes to really process something. So I respect that. I appreciate that, and I have nothing against that. There's nothing against that. Yeah. I'm just saying, if you if you want to want to take the process, the word process, break that down. Break the process down for me. The process of thinking. No, I want to, I want to just I want to play this. Break down the, the word process. The break, word, yeah. The word process for me mm-hmm. is a series of steps that help you get from A to B, whatever that A or B is for you. So for me. A thinking process is a process that helps you step-by-step step break down your thoughts so that you're happy with your thoughts at the end of them or you have a thought that is useful and insightful that you can do something with. That's what a process is to me personally. For you, right? Yeah. As a 10-year-old, the same thing. 
I think they'll say something different. No, 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 no. Why? Why is it ten years? One, one day, this has a ten years. Can you break down process? Yeah. yeah. The first thing you're gonna do is get on the phone. Oh, process. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they gonna sit there and then break that down real quick to you. They gonna say, "Oh, look at process. Oh, look at this. Oh, okay, great. It's a, a process. Of, I don't know. So, <laughs> I'm gonna say, well, okay, great. So basically, <laughs> that's that's your process. But a ten year, hey man, they got different process, right? Yeah. And stuff like that. But you didn't get that at home. You said, oh, no, no. you break down process. That's just my thought process. Yeah. Give me a 10-year-old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Give me yeah, a yeah. five-year-old. Give me one. Yeah. They don't say that. It's just I'll acknowledge you real quick. Yeah. But Dennis, I tell you this. This, is, this has been a, a remarkable conversation that I would, <laughs> never, okay, right? I would never forget. Oh, that's be fun, though. But, uh, be fun. But I'm going like- to, we, we, at the end of every interview, we ask our final five. These are our right. rapid-fire questions, which means... You have to answer in one word mm-hmm. or one sentence maximum. Okay. Okay. So the first question is, what is the best advice you've ever received? Best advice came from Chuck Daly. He said, good things come to people that waits. Nice. When did you get that? Tell me about I got that, that in 1987. And why, why was that the best advice you ever received? Because he saw a young man at 25 years old running around with his hair cut off, playing basketball wild as hell. He said, he, he just kept, he, he tried to sit there and process me. <laughs> <laughs> and were you, were you at that age able to process that? Well, no, no, no. I wasn't thinking about the whole process. Yeah. I was thinking, just thinking about the fact that I want to play it. Yeah. He just slowed me down and said, good things come to people who wait. Nice. So that's what he told me. Yeah, nice. All right. Second question. The worst advice you've ever received? Mm. The bad advice. Oh, the, the worst advice? Oh man, that's a lot of it. <laughs> that's a lot of it. The worst advice. Worst advice? Mm. You can trust me. Oh. Oh. How many how many people have <laughs> Don't be saying to him. He wow. Says that. <laughs> wow, right? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Pretty good, right? When 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 was that was that was like, damn, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> when, when, that was pretty good, man. That was great. That was, great. That was a moment. Like, damn, it was like a moment. <laughs> when, was the, when was the first time you heard that and then you me. realized that it wasn't worthy of it? Hmm? When was the first time you heard that someone said that to you and then you realized that it it wasn't true? How did that feel? Hmm. When was the first time that first you heard that? I heard that? Mm. Mm. 1986. Wow. And, you got a uh, great memory. That's why I said it's a process. So I'm thinking of all the things I've been telling you the whole time. 1986 is when uh, Chuck Daly gave me an opportunity for the team. Mm-hmm. Just even come on to the team. And the things he was saying to me, he broke it all down. But I was saying, you can trust me. You can trust me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am. Okay. And I, I, I trust him. Right. Number three, question number three out of five. Uh, if if you could, I think you've kind of mentioned this, but you can change it or you can still keep to the same one. If you could give one piece of advice to every player in the NBA right now, what would it be? Oh man, that's, that's, I can say it in a really deep way, but you say whatever it, you like. Keep, keep it keep it simple, right? What what kind of advice I give to players today? Yeah, if you could speak to all the players in the NBA right now, what would you say to them? Hmm. Hmm. Don't let money and fame ruin your life. You have a direction of choice without money. Your family, your friends, or something that's going to always be there in the end. Pretty much. Beautiful, man. Thank you. Question number four. What's one thing that 
is going to stay in your mind after this conversation, something that you're going to think about that's going to affect how you live here today? From you, you, you've been guiding yourself in this conversation. Well, well, I feel like this. I think the fact that for me to, to even open up and keep telling myself that I have to put my foot, uh, my best foot forward, this is for me, to quit talking about it, do about it with my kids. Mm. Quit talking about it, Dennis, and do about it. Mm. Because time is moving fast, I keep saying that, but it's up to me to make that first step. That's for me. So I love that. And your 20 questions with 20 people, I'm waiting for that. <laughs> Sorry, like, I, like, I want to see that. I want to see it too. I want to see it. That's <laughs> so going to be go awesome. Like, I'm right. looking forward to that. I think it's a great idea. Right. And the fifth and final question is, is super simple. Um, what is Dennis Rodman's purpose right now in life or the purpose that you're seeking in life? What's my purpose? You wouldn't want to hear that one. Mm. I don't want to die tomorrow. Say again? I don't want to die tomorrow. Mm. To live. Yeah, that's my purpose in life right now. I don't want to die tomorrow. I'm not afraid to die, but it's like I don't want to die tomorrow. Mm. I got too much left in the tank for me to accomplish. Too much to give. I'm too much in the tank to give, brother. And for me to go out that way, that's cheap. So that's me. I don't want to die tomorrow. And with good people out there in love, brother, hope you guys look at me and say, hey, thank you. Yeah. That's it. Love that, man. That's it. Thank you so much, man. All right, brother. I appreciate it, man. Good, man. You have a lot to give. I love that. All right.